It was two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him, for they said, Not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. While Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment of pure nard. She broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But there were some there who said in anger, Why was this ointment wasted this way? <laughs> for this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. You will always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be remembered of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray Jesus. When they heard it, they were greatly pleased and promised to give him money. So he began to look for an opportunity to betray Jesus. On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, the disciples said to Jesus, Where do you want us to go and make preparation for you to eat the Passover? Jesus sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples set out and went to the city and found everything as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, Jesus came with the twelve. And when they had taken their places and were eating, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, who is eating with me. The disciples began to be distressed and to say to him one after another, Surely not I. Surely it is not I, my Lord. Jesus responded, It is one of the twelve who is dipping bread into the bowl with me. For the Son of Man will go as it is written of him. But woe to the one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one to not have been born. <clears throat> While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread. And after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. Then he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I will never drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I will drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When they had sung hymns, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, Even though all will become deserters, I will not. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, this day, this very night, 
before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter insisted. Even though I must die with you, my Lord, I will not deny you. And all of them said the same. Then they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to the disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John, and he began to be distressed and agitated. He said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed. Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not as I want, but as, excuse me. Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not as I want, but what you want. And he went back to where Peter, James, and John were and found them sleeping. Simon, are you asleep? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into this time of trial. For the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. They did not know what to say to him. He went away a third time, and upon returning, he said, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See my betrayer is at hand. While he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, and with him was a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. The betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. As Jesus approached the group, Judas went up to him. Rabbi. And he kissed him, and the guards laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to them, Have you came out with swords and clubs to arrest me, as though I were a bandit? Day after day, I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. And all the disciples deserted him and fled. A certain young man was following Jesus, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. The guards caught him, but he left the linen cloth and ran off naked. The guards took Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests, the elders and the scribes assembled. Peter had followed at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the guards, warming himself at, a, at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. Many gave false testimony against him, and their testimonies did not agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy the temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another, not made with human hands. But even on this point, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood before the assembled group and asked Jesus, Have you no answer? Why is it they testify against you? Jesus was silent. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Jesus said, I am. You will see the son of man seated at the right hand 
of the power and coming with clouds of heaven. Then the high priests tore his clothes as a sign of indignation and said, Why do we need, still need witness? You have heard this blasphemy. What is your decision? And all of them condemned him to death. Some began to spit on him. They blindfolded him and began to strike him, saying, Prophecy, who hit you? The guards took him away and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by, and when she saw Peter warming himself by the fire, she stared at him. You were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth, weren't you? But Peter denied it, saying, I do not know or understand what you are talking about. As Peter was walking out of the forecourt, the cock crowed. The servant girl, on seeing Peter again, began telling those around her, This man is one of them. Again, Peter denied it. This time, one of the bystanders said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. I do not know what you are talking about. At that moment, the cock crowed for a second time, and Peter remembered that Jesus had told him, Before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And Peter broke down and wept. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders, scribes, and the whole council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, who asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You say so. The chief priests continued to accuse Jesus of many things. Again, Pilate asked him, Have you no answer? Look at the many charges that have been brought against you. But Jesus made no further reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now at the festival, he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner for them, anyone whom they asked. There was a man named Barabbas who was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection. The crowd came and asked Pilate to do for them as was his custom. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For Pilate realized that it was out of jealousy that the chief priest had handed over Jesus. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas for them instead. Then what would you have me do with this man you call the king of Jews? Everyone shouted, Crucify Crucify him. Crucify Crucify him. him. Pilate said, But why? What evil has he done? But the crowd shouted all the more, Crucify Crucify him. him. Crucify him. him. So Pilate did as the crowd wished. He released Barabbas, and then after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus out of the courtyard of the palace, that is the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole cohort. They stripped him of his clothes and put a purple cloak on him. They twisted some thorns into a crown, which they put on his head, and they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! They struck Jesus in the head with a reed, spat on him, and knelt down in homage to him. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes back on him, and then they led him away to be crucified. While en route, they compelled a passerby that was coming in from the country to carry his cross. It was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Then they crucified him and divided his clothes among themselves, casting lots to decide what each should take. 
It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, King of the Jews. And with him, they crucified two bandits, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him. Aha, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests and the scribes also mocked him. He saved others, yet he cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also taunted him. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried, Eloi, Eloi, lema shabachthan, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard him, they said, Listen, he is calling to Elijah. And someone ran, filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to Jesus, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. Then Jesus gave a loud cry and took his last breath. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who stood facing Jesus saw how he breathed his last breath, he said, Truly, this man was God's son. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among them was Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and Joseph and Salome. They used to follow Jesus and provide for him when he was in Galilee. And there were other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. When the evening came, Joseph of Arimathea went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate, wondering if Jesus was already dead, summoned the centurion and asked him if Jesus was dead. When Pilate learned that Jesus was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. Joseph brought a linen cloth and, taking the body, wrapped it and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, saw where the body was laid. Well, let us talk today about chicken. At the risk of making an assumption, I will say that we all have had the experience of buying chicken from our favorite supermarket, right? We always find a great variety of chicken to choose. Drumsticks, wings, leg quarters, breast with bone or with no bone. And the best of all is that chicken is always cheap price-wise. In 2016, the Chicago Tribune published an article titled, I had to wear diapers, the cruel reality of processing cheap chicken. And it talks about the often inhumane conditions people working in the industry of poultry have to face. The article states that at a rate of 140 chickens per minute, workers from some of the largest poultry processing companies in the United States are forced to produce as much meat as possible 
as fast as possible with no break times, no meal times, and absolutely no break times to go to the bathroom. Mistreating their workers to the point the title of the article suggests to wear diapers. Therefore, as a result of these practices, many workers suffer from UTIs, cancer, and many other related illnesses. The first time I read this article, it was I was so amazed and disgusted at the same time to realize the high human cost of bringing chicken to my table. But this made me feel so thankful. Wait a minute. Why am I talking about cheap chicken in Passion Sunday? How many times are contemporary models of Christianity look like buying cheap chicken? We are offered a great variety of choices, same as with chicken, and we tend to choose the elements of Christianity that we like or that better fit our lifestyles. And to just disregard, disregard those elements of Christianity that we do not like or go against our lifestyles. As with chicken, we rarely think about the true value behind the cheap chicken. We rarely think of everything that had to happen for that chicken to reach that tray in the refrigerator of our favorite supermarket and from there to our dinner tables. Lent gives us the time to reflect on this. Lent gives us the opportunity to value the sacrifice and love of Christ, a time to reflect on the real cost behind all the events that had to happen in order for us to call ourselves Christians. The Son of God took upon himself the beauty and brutality of human history. And to do this, his death had to touch betrayal, abandonment, abuse, ridicule, agony, and horror. Jose Ignacio Lopez Vigil, a liberation theologic writer from El Salvador, I mean from Ecuador, beautifully writes and summarizes these events that are the centerpiece of our sacramental life. And he writes, Jesus broke the bread into many pieces. Then he firmly grasped a cup and filled it with wine and said, Friends, when God brought our fathers out of Egypt, he took them to the mountain of Sinai, and there he made a covenant of blood. With the blood of many animals, Moses sprinkled the people. But the blood of more animals is no longer needed. This wine is made with the juice of many grapes crushed in the press. It is the blood of all the innocents who have died, turning their eyes to heaven without knowing why they died. It is the blood of all those who have fallen, fighting for the freedom of their brothers and sisters. I also put my blood in this wine. With this blood, God makes a new covenant to free the people from all slavery. But we have to love each other to be willing to risk our lives for others. No one has greater love than the one who gives his life for his people. Yes, we have to be willing to let them break our bodies like break, like the bread is broken and to spill our blood like wine is spilled. 
Today we celebrate the feast of the liberation of our people and we cannot lose hope in God. We too one day will achieve freedom. Beautiful words. But contrary to the feelings of repudiation, sadness and anger that the article about cheap chicken can provoke, the events of Holy Week are not designed to fill us with sadness or guilt. On the contrary, and above all, they are designed to prepare ourselves for the joyous resurrection. May this Holy Week be an opportunity for us to witness by putting ourselves in the story and meditate in what we see and what we feel. Let us take a moment to stay quiet and listen, to stay quiet and look, and above all, to be thankful. Amen.